This podcast is brought to you by UK Coaching, here for the coach. Visit ukcoaching.org to grow your coaching skills and be part of the community. Welcome to another UK Coaching Podcast. We're joined today by Kevin Till. Kev has worked in a wide range of team sports and talent pathways, including professional football, cricket, rugby union and rugby league. Working as both a practitioner and advisor for sports organisations, he'll be sharing his insights and experience in the world of talent development through the identification and development of athletes within a pathway. Hi Kev. Hi Chris. Thanks for joining us today. Just um, Let's get into two quick questions then, really. Uh, let's start with probably the biggest one. What is talent? Okay, um, yeah, very interesting question Chris and um, a, a, you know, a, a big question. I think it's a, an interesting question because sort of everybody has an opinion around talent in, in some, some capacity whether that's a coach at the top of their you know top of their sport or even just somebody who goes and watches the game everyone's got an opinion on what is what is talent um, I guess I like to sort of look at this as, as really being a I guess a central component um, within within coaching within sports science and within athletic development and actually these these three areas all sort of intertwined to in relation to to understanding talent and ultimately around what are some of the um, characteristics that that people possess that allows them to develop in the future to to hopefully be um, you know successful within their within their sport. So it's not around someone's current performance. It's probably about what are the sort of attributes and, and things that they've they've got that allow them to progress and be successful in the long term. So. It's- for a coach who's looking at the potential, not the here and now. Yeah, definitely, and I think that is a, a, a <clears throat> part of the challenge in, in why understanding t- talent is quite difficult. Is how do we assess potential? But it's very important for coaches to to recognise and understand that um, they shouldn't just be judging uh, an athlete or player's performance at this specific time, but looking at what attributes are, are, are there for the for the long term from a potential perspective. Thanks for that, Kev. So I suppose when you mentioned right at the beginning, coaching, sports science, and, and athletic development, really what we're 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 asking, challenging for coaches, particularly at the base of the pathways, to think about um, sort of like interdisciplinary thinking. So they've got to, as a coach, consider growth and maturation, their own coaching activity and coach behaviours, as well as looking at what sports science and insight and research can support support their environment. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. And I think as we probably go, if we start at the base of the the uh, the pathway, that probably is very difficult for co- like coaches because there's there's a lot to um, to understand and, and take on board. But if you think around, I guess. You know, coaches what they need to understand. It's it's very much around considering some factors around biological, psychological, and social development. So things around you know developing participants and performers, alongside I guess the the sporting um, understanding, you know, understanding the sport and attributes of sport. So what are the technical and tactical understanding that that comes in into play a little bit, which is you know um, maybe at the bottom of the pathway some of the focus is maybe away from that biopsychosocial development a, l- a little bit or more focus on the, on the sport and I think it's getting coaches to see that well-rounded athlete and that holistic athlete in relation to that. So I suppose what, what you're saying is that often the coaches, given the constraints of time or where their own previous experiences, they tend to focus on the, on the game, the technical and tactical of activity and really one of the things that we, we're encouraging people to do is think about growth and maturation, the psychosocial development um, and start to think about how they bring that well-being better, more, as you said, holistic, more fulfilled and, and rounded player, yeah. and develop the whole person. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's, it is very challenging for, for coaches um, at that time because they have limited resources. They may have 
an hour a week or a couple of hours a week and and therefore I have to try and look at um, you know encouraging a range of, of different development from that biopsychosocial alongside the sport so it is a challenge I think there's there's probably you know work to be done in making sure that there is that quite um, all-round sort of development with working within within players and and also understanding that that the effect that has on uh, from a talent perspective as well so thanks for that Kev so I suppose that the, the challenging question is if, if it's about developing everybody um, and it's about everyone re- achieving their potential what's the what's the thinking behind talent pathways and, ju- and just obviously we've worked both worked in them but what is it about talent pathway what do, what do you think a talent pathway is about what does it bring for the athlete yeah so um, I guess so from a, a pathway it's it's really trying to I guess increase the probably the 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 quality of um, the provision that is provided to, to athletes and ultimately as we just mentioned it, it does come down to, to resource then that actually we cannot give every every athlete within a within a sports pathway um, you know that that additional resource that's going to help them in the in the future so what then normally happens within a pathway in terms of the different stages is that there is some uh, identification or selection of athletes at, at certain stages and certain certain ages and stages within a pathway that therefore allow certain um, a certain number of players to um, receive additional additional developmental support within within their journey. Thanks, Kev. So, supposing sort of a summary of that is what we're talking about is we're adding adding value. We're having to be narrow the focus for, from a financial and and physical and human resource perspective. It's about trying to add value and add of a high quality environment. Definitely, yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, adding the adding the quality and that could come through a, a range of different uh, different ways. So that would uh, be, you know, through higher quality coaching and and staff that's working with those athletes. It would be an increased training intensity and volume. Mm. It may be a higher level of competition within that pathway. And then it may be some, you know, additional services or, or resources such as strength and conditioning, physiotherapy, psychologist, nutritionist, etc. Yeah, I think the thing is, uh, and you're right, it, it, it's a complex, as you said right at the beginning, it's really complex. But I think from a from a coach towards the base of pathway and regional, there's the idea of I might not have a physiotherapist, I might not have a strength and conditioner, I might not have an analyst, but what I can do is I can bring that thinking into my practice. So my warm-ups can include some prehab and I can look at how I can develop that and I can have a recovery protocols. I can consider what things my athletes and the parents need to know in order to try and maximise that preparation for training and then even on game day or post-competition. Thinking about how I might select and identify players for challenge within, within competition. So there's lots of things that an individual coach can still tweak within the coaching practice without having to have a an entourage around them so I think yeah. it, you know, I will go back to the point I think yeah. it is about that interdisciplinary thinking I have to think about yeah. all these components yeah I, I fully agree and I think that's the way we need to I guess push this idea of uh, around talent and talent development is that it can it, it starts at the the base it starts within the participation game and uh, you know levels of, of the pathway and actually therefore how do coaches provide the best developmental opportunities to to their athletes by including some of these um, types of ideas within that, and I really like that one that you, where you said there, Chris, around really um, identifying challenge for players. You know, understanding what their strengths and weaknesses are, 
um, through a bit of a you know needs analysis therefore say this is what this player needs to work on to, to develop and I think that is um, again it comes down to resource and, and, uh, and time for coaches but if they can invest some time in planning and delivering that that will hopefully have um, better outcomes for, for players regardless of the level of the pathway yeah thanks that's yeah it's a real value so I suppose you mentioned the word challenge so we'll, we'll pick up on that what are the common challenges that you've experienced as a practitioner working with governing bodies what are the, what are the challenges that that you see within a pathway that that, that need to be considered really yeah so I, I guess it probably comes back to sort of the the first the first question that you asked Chris in terms of uh, understanding what is what is talent I think that is um, definitely a a, a challenge in terms of the if a, if a pathway needs to uh, as an identification or a selection point within there there needs to be some um, you know that is where players are therefore selected okay so it's therefore getting coaches or um, or scouts within those environments and sports to think around what is talent and this idea between their current performance so how do they currently look at this specific time point this Maybe like it's been used in the literature around one off. I know yeah. I actually in practice. I don't think it is one off because people use multiple observations, but they very much look at that that time point. Snapshots. Yeah, snapshot sort of a, a approach compared to this idea around potential, and I think that's definitely a challenge because current performance we can we can see it on the field. We can see what's what's happening. We can see players that may um, excel in relation to their their peers. And that potential might not be as observable, um, so that makes it a challenge as we're not really sure what potential looks like. So that's why you know I guess when we look at some of the the effects and like the relative age effect that there's normally an, an effect there within a system because that would be we're looking at sometimes it's easy to select current performance over potential because we don't fully know what we're looking for. And you and you've mentioned um, with us previously. Um, about relative age effects, so the idea that somebody is born relatively older in the year group, so therefore they've got some maturation and developmental advantages. So that what you're saying there is that often people are selected on physical uh, current performance rather than long-term potential. So the the people who were bigger, the athletes who were bigger earlier, potentially being identified as being seen as mortality when in fact they might just be physically bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that relates to you know. Another sort of challenge is we, you know, most most sports play within age groups, so people are going to have advantages and disadvantages within that, which actually makes that, um, I guess, obser- observations of players when we you know, there's, there's certain things that may may impact upon how we observe that performance at that specific time. And I think probably just going back to your point about what you can see. So you talk about when when we do a snapshot, and we do an observation. Often what we're looking at is actually. Um, small-sided or actually the performance competition environment the game if you like in a lot of sports or the competition arena so we're, we're judging them on, often on an outcome rather than the potential to develop and grow and, and we know about um, attitude behaviors uh, the way that they're resilient the way they cope with failure the way that they manage themselves around in the self-organization some of the areas around pcds and psychosocial development are very very important for someone just not to navigate a pathway but actually to be successful at the top end yeah. the challenge I suppose is if you're taking snapshots based on physical and technical ability which could be based on training age so when somebody's been playing playing a sport for a lot longer that can have an impact yeah. so um, I suppose yeah. what you're highlighting is that challenge where if we don't know what we're looking for 
Yeah, definitely. I think that comes back to this idea around what is talent, and that you know, as again, what we mentioned at the beginning, it's a it's a combination of um, biological, psychological, social sort of interactions alongside that sporting performance. So actually, when we're if we're not aware of that and just focusing on the the sport, that's what maybe coaches or some scouts are potentially looking at. That then may obviously. Um, factor into their their decisions but if we understand that there's a, this biopsychosocial aspect as well actually how do we start to incorporate some of those factors or observations or potentially other objective based me- uh, yeah. measures within within those decisions around how we select so it's almost like a, a simple rule of thumb and probably very simplifying it and appreciate that sometimes there's, there's a fixed number given by a governing body or a squad is supposed to have a particular size but i think what we're saying really is that if you're not sure, keep them in. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you see some potential in somebody, but you're not sure why, rather than take them out, rather than having a reason for removing them from a pathway, keep them involved. Yeah. Keep them engaged. I think that definitely over over the you know years working in in this type of space, that's where my sort of philosophy and thinking has, has gone is that we try and you know keep the pathway as potentially as as wide as possible for as long as possible. Yeah. yeah as long yeah. as possible. Um, but sometimes again back to resource that's not important and, and but really that's where this idea of uh, educating coaches effectively across all levels of the pathways is vital to yeah. to, to you know to maximize that without doubt I suppose it's that it's a classic isn't it is if the if the if the playing population the playing pool uh, within your sport is all is all the coaches are able to support every individual to a higher level everybody's traveling at a lot level so that when we do select the, the, that standard by nature like you said that standard is much higher yeah, so what, what are the other challenges that, that you've seen um, so I guess there's, you know this other um, other challenge probably building on that idea around what, what is talent is that if we actually look to monitor talent over uh, you know longer time points rather than just at those like snapshot sort of occasions yeah. what we see is that you know this idea around talent it's it's not a it's not a linear process just because you're talented at one time point doesn't mean that you're going to be you know yeah. the the best performing at a later time point in one two five ten years time so there's very much this idea that it's a it's a non-linear um development process which again complicates it for for um for practitioners but it's important that they've got to think around that long-term aspect of this so if we flip that really in simple terms, just the athlete that wasn't at the level, at the point of making that selection, that snapshot, doesn't mean they're not going to get there as well. So mm-hmm. as much as somebody's in the pathway, it might not get there because it's non-linear. The other way around. So I suppose from a coach's perspective, one of the things we probably need to be very mindful of is their uh, is their bias. So yeah. making decisions and then carrying that on in future years or future cycles and, and, and making judgments based on what they perceive mm-hmm. either an individual their performance or they look like a particular too small Kev your point in, in rugby yourself and, and uh, Rob Burroughs is they're too small to perform yeah. like saying no do you actually understand what you're looking for yeah, and, yeah. And, and how do you affect that bias yeah and again yeah, I think that's a, it's a really good point Chris I guess in terms of bias um, in that based on people's previous experiences and knowledge and understanding they're going to have bias in terms of what what they think is is successful but actually the probably you know sport is always like evolving as well so actually some of those things that may be important in the 
<clears throat> in the current game in whatever sport actually in five ten years time the game may look totally different yeah, with yeah. rule changes and involvement of things so I was going to say yeah, yeah. things like uh, the, the removal of the offside rule in, in hockey um, interchanges being changed uh, yeah. even subtleties like uh, in rugby where the um, in rugby league where the, the corner flag no longer um, impacts on whether a try is scored it's just there as a marker it doesn't affect whether you're in touch and therefore that's completely changed the skill set of, yeah, yeah. of, of what a winger needs to be and can be able to do in order to score a try try scoring opportunities have changed so therefore the skill set of the individual in that position has changed at the highest level so how do we keep the lid off the if you like keep the lid off the box for longer in the development of our talent for the future yeah uh, uh, yeah I um it's how how do we do that I think that is again it's it's definitely a challenge it's difficult because we you know we can't necessarily predict the future, but I think you know. I think there's actually some a good paper from uh, on the serial winning coaches from Cliff Mallet and Sergio Lamarbasil, who, who suggested this idea around you know some of the best coaches, the ones that can see into the into future. the future. Yeah. So actually getting people to think around not just looking now, what's the sport going to look like in in the future that's that may influence some decisions. So I suppose a real simple thing for any coach is to be curious about your sport is to start to think about what it could look like or how would you be how might it evolve what might it go what you, how are you going to predict what the future looks like in your sport and preparing your athletes for the future rather than the here and now and, and being curious in that and being creative in, in yeah. what you're doing and so that's not just around the identification of players but also in your development and uh, your pro- coaching practice really yeah I think so yeah so I think it comes down to what, what would probably be termed around Try to have a like a clear performance model for yeah. the for the sport. So, you know, um, but then also being being willing to to have some flexibility within that when we're identifying players that you know we're, yeah. when we're looking for those um, developments in the future. But ultimately, if, if it is within a I guess a, a pathway or an academy setup, is these are these are the things that are important for that that sport, and therefore getting everybody sort of buying into a similar philosophy around. Yeah. Um, but they're the sort of things that we need to look for within players as well. Okay. What's just to hit on to while you're talking about that non-linear process really is that as a as a governing body and certainly as a coach within my environment is I need to think about the entry and exit points and actually making sure that if players can come in and athletes can come in later into my environment and also people can exit and then come back in. So throughout our pathway, because it's not linear, how can... Um, how can athletes come in and out of our pathway and be supported so they can reintegrate? So one of the things yeah. we probably need to consider is how do we create those opportunities for people who might be new to the sport, late developers, um, some people that are you know, coming through a, a different, not necessarily transfer, but a, a lower training age and suddenly some yeah. possession or even just deciding they actually want to commit to sport and the, the training and volume goes up and therefore the potential comes in at a much later later age. So yeah. how does a coach need to think about those things, I suppose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was what sort of polytoned like a bit of like a an emergent pathway. Yeah. And um, I know, you know some of the, <coughs> the RFU definitely emphasise that emergent type pathway where players can, you know, come in and out at, at different, different time points. Um, which allows that, I guess, that uh, flexibility. It's, but then it ultimately it's down to the coaches um, working with those athletes to understand that actually someone may enter the may enter the system with, with some element of potential, whatever that is. But they need to therefore develop their program that su- suits their their progress. So, 
So I think even at the base, and just before, I'm conscious of time to move you on to your next challenge, but just I think from a coach perspective, uh, maybe not having a, a one selection window or one opportunity is to continue to monitor people, provide an opportunity for people to come into your environment. But also importantly, when they do arrive, not expecting them to have had the, the learning experience that other people have had, so don't compare them with somebody who might have been in your pathway for a year, six yeah, months. Yeah. And also the parents to support them. So I think there's a, there's a need to think about, do I have multiple monitoring and identification and opportunities for someone to enter and exit? And likewise, what's the support that goes around that player and the, the support network, their family and school, to understand where they're at? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I fully, fully agree. I think that's a really good point Chris and um, I think that's that's definitely you know it, I mean that's probably is a, it's a challenge I think but um, I think that's how we keep those options open yeah. so to players in those sitting pathways it'd be no fun if it was easy no definitely. What, what was the next challenge that you you identified Kevin? I guess we started uh, touching on it on it a little bit before around this idea that you know um, that we we play you know you so we play sport in, in annual age groups mm-hmm. um, and then within those annual age groups, there's this you know this maturity variability that that occurs. Yeah. So there's large variations in the growth and maturation of, of players, especially probably around the time when when most pathways select yeah. around 13, 14, 15 years of age. So again, um, that sort of probably clouds the clouds the the view in a little way in a in a way because actually in a lot of sports or well you know in in some sports physical physical uh, sports that actually being an early mature is going to be an advantage because you've got size advantages alongside a lot of physical advantages related to speed, strength, power, etc. Maybe in some sports that early maturing uh, individual could be disadvantaged. Yeah, gymnastics, yeah. gymnastics, diving. Exactly, yeah, in those types of sports. And um, and even in, like in, 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 um, in female sports as well, because I guess when... Um, girls go through that growth spurt we, they then see this I guess increase in development of, of fat mass which could actually impact upon some of their um, relative strength and, and speed markers and maybe there may be a certain time point in say girls football where players because of those um, growth growth and maturity issues can't, can't cope with the demands of the game until they've got used to that as well so, so it can have yeah. it can have you know sometimes we do focus on the benefits to the early mature, but in other environments, there can also be some negatives. So, two things for a coach, I guess, from what you said there. The first one being that um, it's non-linear, so actually, place may well be adjusting to their body through growth and maturation. Therefore, yeah. their performance appears to be dropping off while they're just getting used to working with a, a body, different body state, and body structure. And then, crucially, how does a coach? work within that and coach the person to get the best out of them during that developmental stage yeah I think definitely yeah so the, the first you know, first one for me is which I think is quite important especially for coaches working in that with those adolescent ages is that they understand that growth and, and maturity process because really that is in, impacting probably a lot of things that they they may see on the, the field from both a, a movement technical perspective and a, a physical and then I think the next point you brought in, Chris, is then probably how, was, how are they, how are those factors influencing the psychological uh, or psychosocial things working with the individual to then basically allow the coach to work to work with that athlete to get the boats or get get through that period that may be difficult or um, or maybe even for those early maturers they may see a, um, 
you know, a real increase in strength and size, and actually the game becomes quite easy in a contact yeah. sport like rugby. So sometimes that's maybe where you need to provide more challenge because they can carry the ball well and make 15 metres a carry, but are they then developing so some, some of the other some skills? Of the things that we might want to challenge for an athlete is um, giving them a tougher competition. Yeah. So stepping up in age group, potentially uh, challenging them to play a different playing position or multiple playing positions. I think for some of you are from a psychosocial that you talked about before, Kev, even a player that always starts and is a very strong player, even um, them being not selected for a particular game and picking the games that they play or coming off the bench and then having to prepare themselves psychologically, one, to come off the bench and two, to pre- physiologically to prepare to come into a game partway through, getting up to speed with the game, throw some different challenges. So how a coach can manipulate some of the competition and development constraints to, to create that challenge within within their environment for, for different individuals. Yeah, I think you know, you provide some great examples there of just different challenges that really just with a little bit of thought it's actually quite easy yeah. to, to implement. And again it comes back to our early discussions that those challenges don't need to be the ones that are implemented within a, a pathway or an academy system. Then those challenges can be implemented anywhere down anywhere down the pathway. And, and, and as a coach and we know that the, the challenges for coaches when they're working with large groups can be quite quite difficult but if I'm working with individuals and I'm coaching that the individual and the person I can give each person like personal targets so it might be that somebody's working on you could run over the top of somebody but what we're looking for there with you is that we're looking for you to to be creating and making passes for someone else or uh, in football we're looking for you to play with one or two touches yeah or uh, we're looking for you to actually support somebody and, and, and provide that shape shape and opportunity there um, so we can give individuals if you like recognition and reward within our development which then should play off in the performance and development of themselves both technically and tactically so it provides quite a lot of opportunities yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. like I say I yeah, fully agree just try to provide, provide challenge related to what the players yeah. sort of needs are at that, at that time so that allows them to really you know, develop, develop as, a, as, a, as, a, as an athlete and a, a player um, and the final challenge Kev yeah, my, I guess my final challenge is related to um, something that's probably been more, I think, criticised within, um, there's some academic literature that's criticising sort of talent pathways, and then there's been some some uh, media sort of outputs as well that are really focusing on uh, football academies yeah. around whether this, around the idea of whether um, a talent pathway or an academy system is actually healthy. Uh, and part of the reason behind that is, I guess, this this idea that actually talent identification into a, a pathway can result in some early specialisation yeah. type um, type programs where it becomes you know just a focus within that sport when actually we you know there's a lot of uh, evidence out there that <coughs> sampling a range of sports for as long as possible yeah. is probably beneficial for the long term. So that's where this idea around it is a, is a, is a talent pathway, is a talent, um, is an academy healthy has, has come in. I, I suppose for, for me thinking about it, and it doesn't, you know, for every sport, the, the, the model of, you know, of every young, young person that plays football is the idea of, of playing for the country, but with that now is parental pressure, parental expectations, and then the financial rewards. So to some extent it's... Um, those type of pressures add, add to that and I suppose I ask the question whether is it whether it's a, a beneficial and healthy environment so there's a there's a responsibility I feel for a coach to work on supporting the parents supporting the athlete and also just coaching the individual to be the best they can be so if everyone understands that being in that pathway is to help them maximise their potential what success looks like 
might be different for everyone. So success might be to play for your country. It might be taking football as an example to play in the Premier League. It might be to play professional football. But for others, it may well be to go and use that to go and get a scholarship in the university. Yeah. It might be to actually just have had a fantastic pathway experience. I've had lots of great role models, teammates, and be around the environment. And at sixteen and seventeen go off and become a semi-professional footballer for others it might be to go off and say that's me done now I'm going to go and follow a different career but the benefits I've developed as an individual psychosocial so it's it's almost like not looking at everything on long those ways as failures but actually they're all different measures of success yeah and success for that individual yeah definitely I think it comes down to so uh, a lot of pathways or academies are probably judged around what on the term they like effectiveness of that system so how many what percentage of players have made it to their that club's first team or have gone on to play international rugby but ultimately the effectiveness of a, a talent system is always going to be is always going to be low because there's only so many opportunities to represent your country or represent um, you know a, a professional team at, at, at the end of it so I guess this you know some of uh, some work that we we did especially with a colleague of mine Fika Rongan basically set, really emphasises this idea around moving away from looking at the effectiveness of a system or pathway and looking at the, the impact. So I think some of the things you were um, alluding to there, Chris, is, is what is the impact of being in that, that environment yeah. in terms of the future? And for some that may be reaching professional uh, status or professional levels within their sport. For others that may have just been it's a real positive um, a positive experience that's developed a range of life skills that have allowed them to to go on and have a career in other in other areas or gain a, like say a scholarship and an education um, and I think that's where sometimes talent pathways are academies have been have been bashed a little bit within but really this from the work, work that we've done it's it's generally positive so I think just probably in summary of that we for a coach working at a base of pathway I think we've got to be mindful of the unintended consequences of the pathway we put in place probably a little bit around how we we manage the um, if you like the orientation induction coming into a pathway to players and parents the the language that we use and the tone that we use uh, even when we're talking about selection identification progression um, and the messaging that we give throughout yeah. our pathway the things that as a coach I do control, I do control the language that I use, I yeah. do control the, the, the tone that we give, the messaging that we give to both players and parents. The we the I'm gonna make sure that my my actions select and ma- match my language and behaviours yeah. to ensure that people get those equal opportunities. Definitely. So, so yeah, uh, a coach can control can't control everything, but there's certain things that they can control mm-hmm. to make sure that um, you know that their players or individuals' experiences is as positive as possible, and I think not setting unex- un- unrealistic expectations within a pathway is, is, is key. Kev, listen, I really appreciate your time today, so um, thanks very much for that. I'm going to get you back uh, if I can, and just just take a bit of time to reflect and look at some little um, considerations that a coach can bring in. So we'll uh, hopefully get you back and do a follow up podcast okay. um, just to pull a few things so again Kev thanks very much for your time no worries thanks Chris join us at ukcoaching.org whatever you're doing to help people be active and improve we can help you deliver great coaching experiences at a time to suit you